live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show with guest host Brian Weber on CBS Sports Radio. Final hour of the program of the week of the year, but I don't have to do my normal lame dad jokes. I'll talk to you next year on CBS Sports Radio because I will on Monday. And I am making a point of reminding you not just to be the egomaniac that I am for no reason, but typically, for example, on Christmas Day, we all enjoyed the best of Jim Rome, which is better than anything I can bring your way. Still, I'm going to be with you live on New Year's Day because of all of the football that we need to cover. An absolutely blockbuster weekend across the NFL All the different playoff scenarios. I'll continue to run through them in our remaining 60 minutes. And then we'll do it again on Monday. And I'll format the show in the same way I've done today and yesterday and every day I'm with you. Just two guests along the way. So plenty of opportunities for you to get involved. Last call for phone calls today. And we're going to shut it down, shut it down. 1-800-636-8686. In fact, you got to get in now because coming up in 40 minutes, we'll be joined by a great friend of the program who always is comprehensive with his analysis. Talking NFL with Will Brinson of CBS Sports and the co-host of the Pick 6 podcast. I watched his edition with Brady Quinn to get a sense of which direction Will was heading. Connected to the Russell Wilson situation in Denver. One of the topics we'll get to coming up in 40 minutes. Prior to that, in 20 minutes, we will handle some commerce. It's an ATP Friday, so we'll answer your Ask the Pros question. Still have time to submit one at cbssportsradio.com slash askthepros. Plus, and this will not be too inside media, but... Because it was the last Thursday night game of the season, streaming only, I'm going to use that as a catalyst to talk about where we are in sports media. Now, I'll tread lightly because I don't want to burn any more professional bridges. I've been on a roll lately, and it's all going towards digital media. Still, here's a preview of what's coming up. We vilified cable TV for decades, and I'm with you. I don't like writing that check any more than you do. Still, where we are now and where is it going, do you think it's any better? And I don't need a calculator to start doing the math in my head for platforms I don't even need. And I have no life. I consume a lot of TV. Just watching wrestling matches from the late 1980s on YouTube. So we'll talk about where the industry is and how consumer-friendly it currently is and The challenges lie ahead coming up in 20 minutes. It is a birthday extravaganza. It says right here, I was handed a piece of paper. Please note Jack Savage, who has 19 jobs today, doing a phenomenal job running the board, screening the phone call that we took and your tweets and emails. Happy birthday in advance. If you want to play along with the gimmick I threw out earlier, what would you get, Jack Savage, other than a better opportunity than having to hang out with me for three hours the last couple days? That would be the gift I think he would cherish most. Let's circle back to Joe Flacco, and I do my best to come up with creative ways of chopping up what is the main story. 
because some of you, our favorite listeners, the P1s, are with us every step of the way. But I realize, especially in a holiday week, and I'm the fill-in hack, a lot of you are drifting in and drifting out. So we talked a lot about Joe Flacco and the magnificent story that the Cleveland Browns are to start the program. Here's the slant to ease into the final hour, and then we're going to talk AFC playoff ramifications. And I mentioned this in passing. The Jets had an opportunity to emulate the Browns this year. And it's not all the brilliance of Joe Flacco that I'm just hoping from a standpoint of storytelling continues. Now, the cynic in me and the one trying to be rational says this has to end at some point. But the argument that I've come up with and the construct I've assembled is Joe Flacco is very reminiscent of what Nick Foles did not too long ago. And the Eagles won that Super Bowl in Minnesota. Foles pressed into duty. Now, it's not a direct comp because he was the backup and he wasn't thoroughly unemployed. Still, to go from Carson Wentz playing at an MVP-like level, and just think about all the twists and turns that makes the NFL king, Carson Wentz is unemployed, went number one in the same draft that had Jared Goff at number two. Jared Goff jettisoned to Detroit, forced to resurrect himself, and he's done it. As we have the Lions and the Cowboys coming up tomorrow, the concern I keep going back to when it comes to the Motor City Kitties, who should always wear the Honolulu blue, what is the state of their defense? Is Dak Prescott, who shines at home, going to carve them up. We'll find out more when they get together tomorrow in primetime. But Flacco, to go from not having a job, although the confidence that comes with a long run in the NFL, even though the first ending was not on his own terms, this is a better ending. But prior to that, a body of work that had him on the edge of the Hall of Fame conversation. I don't think he was close to being a Hall of Famer, but a Super Bowl champ, and a Super Bowl MVP at that. Joe Flacco had a very solid career. So we can tap into what he has done in the past, but he's been a lot more than a game manager. He's taken shots, as he should. Now, some of that comes down to how rested and rejuvenating he is, not getting beat up over the course of a long regular season. Some of that comes down to the play calling, and Kevin Stavansky should be coach of the year again. And a lot of it comes down to the confidence and the knowledge that is derived from the defense that carries that team. Because we talk so much about Nick Foles going down, and we should. Their best player on either side of the ball lost with that hideous knee injury on Monday Night Football. We don't talk enough about a battered offensive line. Three different tackles lost for the year. Now we're on quarterback number four. And what has held this team together? I know it sounds trite. A lot of it comes down to that word I just said, team. Like Robert De Niro in The Untouchables. Team, team. Take a baseball bat to the studio, but we're not on TV, so the gimmick wouldn't work. The buy-in, the commitment, the resilience. And then on the field, a transcendent defense. That's going to punch you in the mouth and come up with takeaways they need. As we saw last night, when you have the quality start to the game, 
those three long drives back-to-back-to-back, better than 75 yards for touchdowns. Jets hanging around, though, as Brees Hall found the end zone. Jets have the opportunity after they blow the kickoff return on that muff. Cleveland gets it in the red zone chance. They don't settle for three. They go forward on fourth down, turnover on downs. It feels like the Jets have a dose of momentum, and it all changes when Trevor Simeon throws that pick six, 20-7, and Cleveland never was in jeopardy moving forward. If you're somebody who cares about the Jets, and there are fewer and fewer of them, although I have a lot of relatives who will be Jet fans until they pass away because I think they enjoy the suffering. It's become part of their DNA. But texting with some relatives last night, they're all destroying Robert Sala because they didn't need me to be the hot take artist. They knew the parallels they were seeing before them in that game. You lose a star quarterback, and then you find a functioning quarterback. And for the Jets, it could have been Joe Flacco. Now, I'm not doing coulda, woulda, shoulda. They cut him for a reason, because he was middle of the road at best. But when Aaron Rodgers went down, a lot of people, including Jim Rome, said the very next day, why are they not going out and getting a veteran quarterback? They had moved on from the Coug Hunter for a reason. And they moved on from him again to go to Tim Boyle and Trevor Simeon. And last year it was Mike White. But once Rodgers went down, if the notion and perception of the Jets was this team is a quarterback away, that implies everything else is taken care of. Namely, the running game with Brees Hall coming back from the knee injury. Then adding Dalvin Cook, who's been MIA, done absolutely nothing. And the defense has carried this team in recent years. It's been the identity. That's why Robert Sala got the job. Quote, unquote, defensive mastermind. And they got destroyed by Flacco last night. So, to me, that's the intriguing cop. Why couldn't the Jets follow the Cleveland playbook? And it didn't have to be Flacco. Go get a guy. I know Carson Wentz has lost his confidence, but... Would have been better than the current situation. Talking about the Jets at quarterback, Cleveland continues to shine going back to the playoffs for the second time in four years. And remember, they have a win over the Ravens. Only three teams can say that. And the Ravens had the lead at the two-minute warning in all those losses. I'm Brian Weber in for Jim Rome. Your tweets on the way. Coming up in 10 minutes, B.W. Weber. Weber with two Bs in a half hour. We wrap it up with passion and energy. He'll be provided by Will Brinson, who covers the NFL for CBS Sports, a great friend of the program. So looking ahead to Sunday, feels like another possibility for the game of the year. So far, we're 0 for 2. First instance was the NFC title game rematch. The Niners and the Eagles, well, San Francisco abused the Eagles in that game. And then we had that monumental hype, deservedly so, leading up to Christmas night, a matchup of the top seeds. And that game fell apart because Brock Purdy imploded. Now, the Ravens' defense had a lot to do with it. And I occasionally pass along nuggets because they have consequence. To me, when we're talking about the Baltimore defense, this one really was jarring. With two games left, unless they totally fall apart, 
They're on pace to become the first team since the merger, 1970, to lead the NFL in scoring defense, as points allowed, sacks and takeaways. And they were directly involved in those four INTs thrown by Purdy. A couple of them came on batted balls. Now it's up to Tua and a Miami team that finally, my homage to Garrett Ritt, finally, finally beat a team with a winning record, but they got a ton of help from Dallas as Dallas for some reason, went to the fullback inside the five. And I know the fullback was involved on that promising drive. Cowboys put together, and Tony Pollard just tackled shy of the goal line. But in no way am I minimizing the Dolphins beating a team with a winning record. But just about everybody has beaten the Cowboys on the road with Dallas at 3-5. and five. And Dallas is coming off an annihilation the week before in Buffalo. So it's a win, but I'm not sure the degree of equality when it was. And we know before that, Miami had lost to everybody that had a playoff resume and suffered that colossal meltdown to a Tennessee team going nowhere, up 14 with three minutes to go. So as much as I am pleased that Tua not only has stayed healthy, but played at a high level, I like him on a personal level. He seems like a good dude. And I felt badly for him that he just couldn't stay healthy last year. Well, a lot of that is luck, but he also did the work. How much did we talk about him taking sliding lessons and figuring out the jujitsu and MMA skills? Apparently, that's paid off. Also, it helps to have great receivers to stretch the field, although looks like Waddle is not going to go. Still, they've survived Tyreek Hill being on the shelf and less than 100%. So that's the game of the day. I don't do my stone cold locks. I don't do my picks. But based on body of work, how could you not go with the Ravens? Although that number is relatively competitive. Baltimore win. They lock up the top seed. And then the road to the Super Bowl will go through Maryland. After that, there's a ton of moving parts. And I'm not doing satellite radio in the middle of the night, so I'm not going to do the scenario plus plus and ties but since i hit on miami here's where things get really interesting if the dolphins lose as i think they will and the bills beat the patriots as they should don't look now the hoodie's actually won two of his last three games but he'll be moving on and i think the chargers are the most likely landing spot with this law process you keep kellen moore to coach up Justin Herbert have more continuity there. You bring in Belichick to quote unquote fix the defense, although Chargers are in salary cap hell. You don't let Belichick be the GM. He's going to show up for two reasons. A, he wants to coach because this is all now about having one more win than Don Shula, and he's 14 wins away. Remember, the NFL record includes the playoffs. That's a huge boost for the hoodie. And then secondly, he desperately wants to win a Super Bowl without Brady. To stick it to Brady, who stuck it to him by going to Tampa. There's a lot of spite on the line here. But when Buffalo, and this is a big presumption because as much as the Bills have been transformed since whacking Ken Dorsey and giving the ball to James Cook and having a ground game, although the Cowboys couldn't tackle anybody in that matchup in Western New York, I still have no idea who the Bills are. 
And I don't think the Bills know who they are. Now, you could say they played down to level of competition, allowing the Chargers to hang around in the game that nobody saw because it was streaming exclusive, but we got it for free on over-air TV here in Southern California. So I watched the whole game. Buffalo tried to lose that game, but they won. So they won three in a row. So the Bills, if they handle their business, but the Bills being the Bills could lose by 17 at home to New England. Not my prediction. I wouldn't be shocked. Remember, they lost to the Broncos in one of the ugliest games we've ever seen, and they've overcome a wave of injuries. Still, Josh Allen belongs in the MVP conversation. Lamar locked it up on Monday night. I think McCaffrey will be the runner-up. The argument for Josh Allen points out he's accounted for 40 total touchdowns because he does it all on that team. The asterisk would come with far too much generosity. He's got the second most INTs in all of football, just two fewer than Sam Howe. Still, a Buffalo win with a Miami loss to Baltimore will give us the Bills and the Dolphins Winner take all for the division. And Buffalo, I think, is going to the playoffs. And remember, Buffalo's already abused Miami head-to-head earlier this year. And I'll give you one more thing to think about. And it's amazing, and I'll rectify this when we get to our conversation with Will Brinson coming up in just a bit. Other than pointing out the flaws of the Chiefs, nobody's talking about Kansas City. And for once... It's not overlooking the reigning champs. It's because there are real flaws on that roster and real reasons to be concerned. Now, I'm not burying Mahomes yet, but we're all going to find out. Can he do it on the road for the first time in his career in a playoff game? But after that, I don't care who wins the AFC South as much as Houston's been a great story. Cleveland, to me, is wildly intriguing as a wild card. The rest of the wild cards, throw them in a hat. But here's one more thing to track moving forward. And I'm not doing the full, all the dominoes that have to fall. Amazingly, Cleveland still has a shot to be the top seed, and it's not that illogical. Now, the Dolphins would have to beat the Ravens, but they could. Browns handle their business against the Bengals. Ravens lose to the Steelers. All right, that sounds like a stretch, but the Steelers have defeated Baltimore this year. And then finally, the Bills beat the Dolphins. I just mentioned Buffalo has already taken care of Miami. And somehow, some way, then the road to the Super Bowl would go through Cleveland. At that point, I think our collective heads would explode like scanners back in the day. Another current reference. I'm Brian Weber in for Jim Rome. A lot of interaction coming up. The ATP is on the way. More of your tweets at B.W. Weber. Weber with two Bs in 20 minutes. We take you across the NFL with Will Brinson of CBS Sports. And as mentioned, I'm going to hit on the Thursday night game. Not the particulars I've been running through in painful detail. But what's going on from the sports media perspective? I'll pose this question to you directly. Do you still hate cable TV as much as you thought you did? That's coming up. I know you don't hate terrestrial radio. You might hate the host, hate the player, not the game. I'm Brian Weber, in for Jim Rome. You're in the jungle on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to The Jim Rome Show. I'm Brian Weber, always having a good time with you whenever I'm lucky enough to be in the jungle. 
keep the chair warm for the Hall of Famer. Jim Rome, who was looking for warmth. I checked the forecast for Eagle River, Wisconsin, mostly because I was muttering to myself coming to work this morning. It was 51 degrees in Southern California. I actually said that loud because now I'm talking to myself, too, as I get older and weirder. It's cold today. Yes, I've become spoiled. I left the East Coast in 1987 for a reason. Looked like a forecast of the high 20s today in Wisconsin, so... Maybe that's why Jim has been a little bit less active on the gram. His fingers are frozen, but be sure to follow the best in the business for content during his vacation. I'm back with you on Monday. Going to be a ton of NFL, and let me apologize in advance. When I do a Monday show, I feel compelled to come across as the voice of authority, and it's like I'm working at NFL Network again. I get the show. I'm never going to deviate from the spirit of the program. I'm going to prove that again with a bunch of ATPs, and we will be succinct because in 15 minutes, going to wrap it up with the always insightful and entertaining Will Brinson of CBS talking NFL. But if you're kind enough to give me a couple minutes on Monday, I might be even more overbearing the normal just because I'm going to be watching these games. I take notes and I feel compelled to give you my searing insights on everything going on. But on Monday, I will do my best, even though Jack Savage now is mailing it in. Tells me he's not going to work on Monday. Do the suits know this? How long does this birthday weekend continue? No, Jack, you should take the rest of the week off. Jack's been doing an incredible job. And you know, I only begrudgingly give out compliments. I'll be sifting through the tweets on Monday. So if you don't get read, blame me. But I will make sure some of you make air. First, let us not destroy the final 35 minutes we have together by getting to the ATP. You have the opportunity to ask the pros Submitting a question at cbssportsradio.com slash askthepros, sponsored by our great friends at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Thank O'Reilly Auto Parts for all your car care needs. Get the parts and service you need fast from the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts. We have a few good options, and I'll spend a couple minutes on be careful what you wish for in the world of sports media. 12 Wood, I've been a guest on Woodscopes. I will promote... Coming up next month, he's got Garrett Ritz and Brad in Corona. Stars are shining. And no, 12 I'm not coming back on the show, but I had a great time. And I am acknowledging you, shout out, and reading your ATP. This is not as good as your content. Do you ever wear pajama bottoms in a Zoom meeting? Well, Wood, may I call you Wood? Here's the problem with that premise. I don't have to do Zoom meetings because I don't have to do a lot of meetings. The weird career path that has evolved for me is such a departure from the person I want to be and the things I like to do. I like meetings. I'm the one guy who wants to make everything align. Now, I can say that because I've never had to attend these endless meetings, but I believe in the power of over-communication, mostly because I like to hear the sound of my own voice, but I think I would have been, now this is me now jumping in the hot tub time machine, a much better media executive than a media performer, as much as my delusional ego says I'm the best, most talented dude in the world. But I like meetings. I write long-ass emails. I 
write all these notes that you can't see because we're not on the simulcast today. So, what? unfortunately, I don't have to do any Zoom meetings, but no, I would not wear pajama bottoms. I would be wearing sweatpants that I am wearing today. Moving on, the queen of the ATP, Bella B in Calgary. Hi, Brian. How long have you disliked hot beverages? Wishing you all the best in 2024. Bella B, you are a careful listener. I mentioned in passing yesterday when I acknowledged, and it was organic, it was not, hey, let me script another bit. I've never had a Pop-Tart, and that was connected to the Pop-Tarts Bowl. I've only had one cup of coffee in my entire life. Now, I'm highly caffeinated, but that's thank you to the good people at Diet Pepsi. Yes, I know, and we're getting to New Year's resolutions in the moment. I have to give up Diet Pepsi. It's on the docket, but I'm addicted to it. Here's how I got anti-hot beverages. I had a disgusting cup of hot apple cider when I was a kid, back to my parents, not really paying attention, and I got violently ill on the spot, and somehow, in my mind, this is like Proust. Here's something you should do. Don't go out for New Year's Eve. Read Proust. That'll make you popular at your local watering hole. Remembrances of things past. It's all about sensory memory. Hot apple cider just was so disgusting, I decided, because I never overreact to anything I'm just going to avoid all hot beverages. I've had hot cocoa a few times, but not in this century. I'll put it that way. And finally, Joel in Montana. Not Joe Montana, friend of the program. Brian, do you have any specific New Year's resolutions? If so, what are they? Okay, we'll get deep here, and I'll connect it to what's going on in sports media. My goal every year is to be kinder. Now, I did shout at our only caller today, but some of that is radio theatrics. Although, sadly, this is not an act. If we ever meet in person, the one takeaway that I have been given from folks that we interact with or if they recognize the voice or if they're one of nine people who remember me from TV, hey, you're a lot like you are on the air. And the answer is the best piece of advice I ever got early on is be yourself, say what you mean, mean what you say. Now, for a long time, I did a bad Bob Costas impersonation because that's who I wanted to be. And when you're starting out, when you have no experience, it's great to have role models to emulate. But along the way, you figure out a few things on your own. And whatever skill set I might have is derivative of who I am. So be kinder because not only on the air, but in real life, I can be a little bit intense, I'm told. That seems to be the takeaway. This is going to sound like now I'm being self-promoting. I have decided along the way, and I'm very lucky not to have a lot of commitments. I'm going to die alone in a one-bedroom apartment. But when you're not married, you don't have kids, and you're in your early 50s, and you're lucky to make a couple bucks along the way, and you didn't blow it on Bitcoin, I have decided I'm only working with people I want to work with now. Now, Put this one down, Jack Savage, <laughs> when I come back here begging and I'm living in my car a year from now. That's the goal heading into 2024. Some of that is going to be imposed upon me. Unfortunately, the Pac-12 is imploding. Don't be surprised, though, if you hear me shilling for other conferences. I am a courtesan. Believe me, I know my own weaknesses, but I am in the process of severing other relationships one I napalmed in dramatic fashion. I wouldn't recommend it, but I'll say this as we get deeper. And I'll skip the streaming thought because maybe I can work for Amazon next year. I want to work for them. Know your worth. And I understand we all have bills to pay. And believe me, there was a long time 
in my life in which I look back at some of my big years, I was doing two or three shows a day. Now, some of that was ego. Some of that was, could I make it from the radio studio to do a tennis match at midnight? But a lot of that came down to being job scared. And I understand it's a tough world out there. And be careful with your resources and spend wisely. But also know your own value, know your own self-worth. And if you make X less, so long as you can pay the rent to keep the lights on and pay for these 19 streaming platforms, I put it this way. I said this to my sister when she got divorced, and I had to write a very big check to my now deadbeat brother-in-law, and he can't sue me. I think there was an NDA in there. What would you pay to be happy? She paid more than she thought she was going to, but from a distance, she seems like she's in a better place, and I just know my own weaknesses. I can't say no to anything because I love what I am lucky enough to do, and there's really, hopefully, there's undertones somewhere beyond the narcissism of gratitude. I'm the luckiest guy in the world. Sadly, this is all I wanted to do. Now, I have put myself in position, hopefully, to maximize the opportunities. But along the way, you deal with enough people who you realize they don't care about you at all. And the job's never going to love you back, per se. So find people at least you respect. They don't have to be your best friends. You don't have to go on vacation with them. But try to find an environment where you don't walk in the door detesting the people you work with just because you need the check. And we got very deep. And actually, I saved myself because I was going to rip where we're going with streaming. It's all going to streaming. My only thought to you, and I'm going to include myself as someone that consumes way too much sports media, it ain't easy. Now, it'll all evolve. I just need a remote control that works like the old clicker. That's all I need. But you go over to a streaming platform. Now I'm on an island. And I think all in. And I'm not going to name any names because, yeah, I just said I'm looking to work with people who respect me. Forget about that. I'm going to have bills to pay. It's all going to streaming. I'm just letting you know. I'm going to venture a guess you're going to be paying more than you currently do for cable, which we all vilified for decades. I'm Brian Weber, solving the world's problems. Here's the good news. CBS Sports Radio is absolutely free. With me, you get what you pay for, but we're going to upgrade the content coming up. Talking about Russell Wilson's future, potential landing spots, and because they still are the reigning champs, if the switch exists somewhere in Kansas City, can the Chiefs find it and flip it before the start of the playoffs? Looking forward to the always comprehensive Will Brinson of CBS Sports. First, time for a sports update. Dexter Henry has the latest. Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show with guest host Brian Weber on CBS Sports Radio. Not just anybody can fulfill the obligation that comes with being part of the final segment of the year. So we were delighted that Will Brinson made himself available. Great friend of the program. Check out all of his outstanding NFL analysis across the CBS Sports platforms. And be sure to listen to the Pick 6 podcast. You can watch it as well. Multimedia. He is the co-host. Will, I appreciate you taking the time. How are you, my man? Doing well, Brian. Hope you're doing, hope you're doing all right uh, as well this holiday season. 
I am hanging in there, and I need your thoughts on Joe Flacco. So I've been following up everybody's lead with the NFL script writers, pushing out unbelievable content. <laughs> Whoever came up with the notion of calling Flacco was a genius. Do you think this remarkable regular season story is sustainable in the playoffs? I do. And, you know, here's why. Um, you, know, you look at Joe Flacco. I was sort of writing about this last night uh, for CBSSports.com, an article I'm going to finish it up today. But, you know, it's interesting. One, uh, I, I predicted Browns to go 7-10. to 10. That was obviously a terrible prediction. And yet, I, it's a Browns fans are like getting mad at me. Like, ha, 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 look how stupid you are. Like, well, yes, I was wrong. But there's no way in hell you would have guessed that four quarterbacks would win a football game, Joe Flacco would win four football games, and that's how you'd go to the playoffs. If I told you before the season that was happening, you would assume 7-10 and 10 would actually be pretty good. And yet here we are with Flacco playing some pretty great football uh, and you know, like stepping in and just, and just playing great football for, for, for the Browns in, in a way that no one could expect. The reason why I think it's sustainable is if you go back and look at Joe Flacco's career, regular season in the NFL – at no point did he ever lead the NFL in a single meaningful category. You know, you go to Pro Football Reference and the, the categories are bold when you lead the NFL in them. There's nothing bold on Joe Flacco's page in his, in his entire career. And yet, when it came time to push all in on a, on, a, on a sort of a wager, if you will, with the Ravens organization about how much money he should get, Joe Flacco showed up in a big, big way Threw 11 touchdowns in, in uh, four games, no interceptions. Completed his completion percentage skyrocketed, and January Joe led the Ravens <laughs> to the Super Bowl with a good defense and a, and, a, and a decent run game. And and I think what you got here is kind of similar. Joe Flacco's 10 years older, Brian, but at the same time, this is not like a you know Lamar Jackson uh, type of player or even a Russell Wilson type of player who's 10 years older. Joe Flacco is essentially the same athlete he was 10 years ago. He just, right, because he wasn't an athlete. Now, well, I'm just chuckling because I'm having flashbacks. So 10 years ago, I was working at NFL Network, and I can't tell you how many times I glanced at the monitor and one of the lower thirds said, January Joe, as we were working our way towards that Super Black Bowl Joe. in New Orleans. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and remember, Brian, I mean, you, you were like you, you were in the middle of it too, right? We, we could not stop having... Is Joe Flacco elite? I know, debate? I know. We're not doing it again, thankfully, today. And remember, Jacoby he Jones <laughs> helped him win the Super Bowl MVP honors. Well, I got to keep you on the clock because I got to move to a couple other things, and you are incredibly comprehensive. So I mentioned the Pick Six <laughs> podcast. I watched you chopping it up in real time with Brady Quinn after the bombshell came from Denver. Russell Wilson will be moving on. So now that Joe Flacco has a job for now, and Russell Wilson's about to be unemployed. What's the most logical landing spot for Russ? I think it's the uh, unemployment line. Just and and you know, once he gets there, we can sort of see what teams want to do about his uh, contractual demands. But it stands to reason that, given how much he's you know going to count against the salary cap, and given his contract, the terrible contract extension the Broncos gave him, that it, it would be almost impossible to trade him. Uh, we, we've seen weirder things. Um, these cap hits these NFL teams are willing to take in terms of dead money get bigger every year. But I think it's more likely that he gets cut by the Broncos this offseason in March and that he has to sort of maybe take a Carson Wentz-style path where there's a team that is interested in signing him uh, to compete for the starting job. He would maybe be given the starting job. A a, a whole lot depends on 
you know, what we sort of get. I mean, you know, with all these injuries, you have, it, it's wide open out there. But, you know, if you like Carolina, you would think, all right, maybe. But, you know, they, they really need to keep trying with Bryce Young. I, I think I think it will be a much softer market for Russell Wilson, given that he's now been let go by Pete Carroll and uh, Sean Payton, two future would-be Hall of Fame coaches, than maybe people would expect. Will Brinson, one of the best in the business. Check out all of his fine work covering the NFL for CBS. Got a good game tomorrow. Another gift from the NFL. Lions and Cowboys, both on their way to the postseason. Will, I am excited about Detroit being relevant because I'm old and I know history and I know how (laughs) dysfunctional this franchise has been since they were pushing out Etzels in Motown in the 1950s. That said, I pointed out just what I'm seeing over the last six weeks. The defense has given up way too many big plays how big of a concern is that both tomorrow in dallas and in the postseason uh certainly i think it's a bit of a bigger concern for tomorrow in dallas because of dallas ability to be explosive i think cd lamb could have a field day in this game brian uh as far as in the future i do think that they get chelsea gardner johnson back that's a big, big plus for them. And additionally, we could see them get Aline McNeil back. And, and we've seen the run defense sort of crater a bit when Aline McNeil went out. He was kind of the fulcrum point there in terms of being able to stop the run. So I think this defense can improve as they get players back and we get closer to the postseason and we get into the postseason. They need to get those guys healthy, though, uh, because right now it's going to require the Lions to win in a bunch of shootouts. And I think they'd be much better off if they could be a little bit more balanced across the board. I like Dallas in this one to, to win and to cover uh, for, you know, the four and a half. It's, it's sort of a, I mean, a quintessential hangover spot for the Lions. And the Cowboys try to come back and say, hey, look, just remember we're really, really good at home. How about another mega matchup with the Ravens looking to keep the momentum going after that beatdown, thanks in part to Brock Purdy, imploding with the four picks, taking care of the Niners. Now they get the Dolphins, Baltimore victory, and they lock up the top seed in the AFC. What's your confidence level in Miami backing up, finally beating a winning team in Dallas and doing it again on the road in Baltimore? Uh, pretty low. <laughs> I mean, Thank you I for being Miami, succinct. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like Miami. Miami's a really good team. I think they have. They obviously have the explosive weapons on offense. Jalen Waddle already ruled out for that game. Uh, I think that does matter, especially if Tyreek Hill is limited at all. I mean, this Ravens defense is really, really good, and they can get after you in, in a lot of different ways. They, you know, they just bring all these different blitzes, and they have. These, you know, they, they love to, they love to you know, uh, press guys at the, at the line of scrimmage and drop them back in the zone, sort of the modified zone blitz stuff. Um, and you also have these linebackers that I think are really going to be a problem for a Mike McDaniel system and the, and the way that Tua Tungavailoa likes to play because they fly so fast horizontally. And this Mike McDaniel system lives on the run game and it lives on these crossers with these wide open speedsters. And it's just going to be a lot more difficult for them to get these guys open against this particular front that the Ravens are out there. So I, I like Baltimore to kind of roll in this one. Will, great information as always. I'm just the fill-in hack, but speaking on behalf of the staff, because I interact with them, I know how much they appreciate the relationship, your willingness to make yourself available. And as someone who consumes way too much sports media, I caught you filling in on Visa, and I thought you did a fabulous job. <laughs> hey. hey, thanks. I appreciate it, bro. It was a blast out there in Vegas. Need to, need to win some more bets to improve those uh... There's, uh, there's Christmas presents. Nah, just make it up. Just say you went 98% <laughs> and you lost the other two to make it interesting. But no, I, obviously you know what you're talking about and you really shined in that venue Appreciate as well. That, man. Happy holidays, Will, and I'll talk hey. to you in the new year. Happy holidays, 
Happy holidays. Take care to you, to you and yours. Thanks very much. Well, Brinson, always with loads of energy. And since we chatted with Tim Murray of VEASAN yesterday, and I keep mentioning, not trying to be self-deprecating, but if you listen closely, it's pretty clear I don't have much of a life and some of that by design. Will was filling in as a host talking sports wagering. Clearly, he covers a lot of that with his work for CBS. It helps... This just it. It helps if you know what you're talking about in sports media or you just use a lot of big words. You clutch the microphone. You ignore the timing cues from Jack Savage, who is a couple minutes away from kicking off a birthday weekend that I have to wonder will lead to his status being in jeopardy for Jim's return on Tuesday. I'm going to call it a game time decision. If you see Cindy in the back row. That means Jack may be coming back. Now, remember, Jack could always be on assignment. That's the beauty of being a gun for hire. As always, a lot of people to thank. We're selective with the guests. I try not to bludgeon you with too many analysts, but the people we pick always deliver. Excellent college football analysis. Last hour provided by Chris Vanini of The Athletic. Will Brinson of CBS hammering the NFL. I've saved... Just a minute to give you my year-in-review thought. I am lucky enough to have done the last show of the year dating back to 2017, and I take this role extremely seriously, never for granted, and I just want to encourage all of you to, to stay positive. I know life can be tough, but as I mentioned, I moved to Southern California in 2003 after what I thought was the end of my career. I got very lucky. I got a job in sports media at the age of 22. Nine years later, I walked away. Going to graduate school, living with my mother in a condo in Palm Springs. This show kept me afloat. And here I am playing a very small role, contributing all these decades later. So better days are coming if you find the holidays challenging. That's your commentary. Thanks to Jack. Happy birthday. Thanks to Jim Rome, Craig Hitchin, Spike Eskin, David Murnack, all the great people at CBS Sports Radio. Happy New Year, and I'll talk to you Monday in for Jim Rome on CBS Sports Radio.